made this recording in 2018, headed over to Indianapolis, had a handful of Indianapolis area coaches present. And uh, Mike Kirchner here did three videos. And Mike Kirchner is a uh, longtime Hall of Fame coach in Indiana. At this time was at Ben Davis High School, uh, one of the largest high schools in Indiana and one of the most successful programs in the state as well. Uh, he's now moved on to Warren High School and doing a great job over there, but uh, he's an offensive line expert, a coaching expert. He did one on his program and uh, two on offensive line play. I think you'll enjoy them all. If you want to see these, uh, they're now on YouTube. Uh, you can check us out over there or our most recent stuff always releases to clinic.chiefpigskin.com. Hello, my name is Mike Kirscher. I'm the head football coach at Ben Davis, and today I'm here to talk to you about Pass Pro. In this segment, I'm going to talk about pass pro. I'm going to talk about quarter, quarterback center exchange. I'm going to talk about gun snapping, and I'm going to talk about long snapping. So there's a series of things I'm going to go through uh, that I think are, are very important, some individual techniques that might help you in this process. So the first thing we're going to talk about is pass pro. All right, we're talking about pass pro. It's all about leverage and, and angles of where we're at. And I'm, I'm going to get to some drills and kick slides and all that here in a minute. But the first thing I'm going to talk about is, is, is actual positioning. So if I'm in a good pass pro position, my post, this is what I call my post foot, and this is what my anchor foot. So my post foot is always protecting my inside gap. My anchor foot is always protecting my outside gap. I'm keeping my shoulders square. Even if you watch the NFL, you can tell when somebody's going to get beat the minute that offensive lineman's shoulders do this. The minute his shoulders turn toward a sideline, he's going to get beat. They're going to run the loop. They're going to cut off the edge, they're going to take him, they're going to turn him, and they're going to finish their path to the quarterback. So it's imperative that the shoulders stay in this position all the time. We're always talking about having that power arch in the back. So as I'm sitting here and I'm in this position, i got this power arch in my back, I've got my post foot up and my anchor foot. As I show you my anchor foot, and I got this from the University of Notre Dame, it's about keeping your cleats or your screws in the turf. Okay, So some people, you'll notice, they'll have their anchor foot up here like this and the, the, the foot's on the ground which allows that foot to skip because you don't have as many screws. You're digging the ball of your foot in which means you don't have as much base. You don't have as much base on your foot. By turning your foot at a 45, what I call my anchor leg, by turning my anchor at a 45, I've got to keep more of my foot in the ground. You'll notice that I've kind of slightly turned my hips which will help on your kick slides here in a minute. So I'm turning my foot at a 45 and working that depth right here, all right? So now I've got my post foot up, I've got my, my shoulder square to the line of scrimmage, I've got my anchor foot and screws in the turf. So I'm in good body position, good posture right here. We talk about keeping the hands up. You'll, you'll see me in the, in the slide here talking about keeping your hands up to your eyes, at minimum your chin. Too many O-linemen come up out of their stance and the first thing they do is their hands are down here by their waist. You're not ready to strike. You're not ready to strike a blow, time the pop is what I like to say, but you're not ready to do that. So you're here and your hands are down, then the defender comes and by the time you bring your hands up, he's in you, he's turning that shoulder, he's making his move and, and you're in trouble. So we always tell her, boom, you want to get those hands up right now. So I'm going to set that shoulder, I'm going to pop that head and neck up, pop that head and neck up, bring your shoulders up, which brings your hands up with it. So as we get into the technique here, we're in this position, you'll notice now, same thing I talked about earlier in a, in a previous uh, presentation. Your thumb is up. You're going to hit with the heel of your hand. We're going to strike the blow with this part of our hand. Our th thumbs are up. 
our elbows are in to our side so that we can't get our arms out here and lose that leverage. So we're keeping everything in here. So we're in this position. I set the strike and, the, and, and, and I'm going to get that anchor foot. Now, one thing I try to do with our guys is just get them, to, get them in that good posture. So we're going to get, we like to do lines. We like to get all our guys on lines, get them in their little boxes where they can do things. And we just, we're just getting them here and we're getting them set like this. Coaches go up and down the line. We're checking for arch in the back, shoulders square, anchor foot on the ground, post foot up, hips at a slight 45, thumbs up, and we're in this position. Get them to feel what it's like to sit on their quads in this position. Pass pro sometimes is an endurance block. You've got to hold it for multiple seconds. You know, the, the standard rule is if you can pass pro for 3.5 or 4 seconds, you're in pretty good shape. The reality is you've got to keep them there for two, two and a half minimum in order for the quarterback to have a chance to get the ball out. So it's a, by, our, by, by rules, it's a long block to hold yourself in this position and be able to redirect. <clears throat> Timing the pop. The key in a pass pro situation is knowing when to throw the punch, all right? Knowing when to pop the defender coming at you. So I'm in this position, and I got my hands here. When he comes at me, if I pop too soon and I lunge, my shoulders will come down, which will allow him to pin, snap, pull, whatever he does, all right, and get free. So I've got to wait till he's in that position where he's within striking distance, and as I strike, as I strike or time the pop, I don't want my head to come forward. I don't want my shoulders to come forward. And if anything, you want to throw them back. So if I'm in this position here with my post foot, my anchor foot, and I get, and I, I, he's coming, and I, boom, I time that pop. You'll notice that my shoulders and my head come back. I'm going to turn sideways here so you get a little better view. So I'm here, boom, I'm going to time that pop right here. All right, my shoulders come back, my head comes back, and I press and release. All right, I'm not going to try and hold it out there. All right, that's how he gets me off my balance. He'll snap me down, he get me off my, my base. By, by timing the pop, boom, right here, and I reset, okay? I can slide, boom, and I do it again, and I reset. But I'm gonna keep those shoulders back and that head up when I time that pop. Contact, again, is made with the heel of the hand. Hand should try to attack the breastplate. I've said this earlier uh, in another presentation, see what you hit. Too many times, kids get caught, and if you ever, if you've ever filmed your kids doing pass pro and film them from the back, all right? Film them from the other side. Don't, we're always filming them from the back of them because we want to see their fi feet, which is, which is exactly what you should do. Because um, we film practice, we film from the side. We got a wide, a tight, and an end zone at practice. But every now and then, we flip it because sometimes you'll watch kids pass set, but they're looking over here, but they're trying to block over here. What are they seeing? And then when you show them film, they're like, well, I thought, no. You've locked up, you've timed your pop, see what you hit. Your hands will go where your eyes tell it. So if your eyes aren't looking in the right place, they're not going to go to the right place. All right, next thing we do is we get them on the line and we do kick slides. One step, two step, three step kick slides with a redirect. Real simple stuff, but it's all about footwork. So we're going we're gonna to start them in a two point like this, and we're going to do a kick slide and say we'll go one to the right. So the whole group's going to go one to the right, boom, just like this. The mistake that's made is they'll take that anchor foot and they'll set it real nice and they'll bring that post foot just like this because it's natural to bring your feet together, all right? The post foot barely drags, all right? My anchor foot gets some depth, maybe width, 
depending on if I'm reaching a wide five, all right, depending on how much the, the width of the defender is on how wide I got to go. But in my kick slide, if I'm in a two point, I'm just like this. My hands are up. I got my anchor foot. I got my post foot. And depending on the width, all right, but the, the, the key is don't overstep with your post foot because the minute you overstep, your shoulder comes back and you give up an inside rush lane, which is the fastest way to get your quarterback hit is giving up something to the inside. So we're going to do kick slide and we just say one to the right, just like this. All right, kick slide, one to the left, just like this. So we're kick sliding right, kick sliding left. Then we'll go two kick slides, two to the right, two to the left. So get them in our two-point stance like this, one, two, and you'll notice that every time I step, every time I step, I'm timing my pop. So I'm going to move up here just a little bit. So I'm one, two, all right? So I'm kick sliding, all right? One to the right, one to the left. Two to the right, two to the left. Three to the right, three to the left. Now, once you've gone through your kick slides, and again, keeping this demeanor and this posture is imperative. My thumbs are up, my elbows are in. I've got good bend in the knees, all that. Everything's perfect, all right? So now we got that good posture. Now what happens when that defender tries to, I step out, he takes that start rush, and he's going to loop back to the inside on me. That's where that post foot or redirect technique comes in that we talk about. So we get our kids down here like this, and we're in that two point. We're going to go one to, the, one to the right, redirect, one to the left. So now we're going to go two to the right. One, two, he's coming back inside, I redirect. All right? You'll notice, though, that every time I do that, my shoulders never change. My shoulders are always square. I'm not going to lose this if I can help it. All right, again, the minute my shoulders turn, the defender's in a position to win the battle, and we don't want them winning the battle. <clears throat> now, there are five things the defender does. He lateral rushes. He tries to work me side to side. All right, he tries to bull rush me. He tries to take me straight back. On the bull rush, He'll try to take me straight back. He feels me reaching or sitting hard. He'll try to snap me down, all right? He tries to swim move. He tries to rip move, all right? You gotta have an answer. If you're doing your job and you're watching film, you'll know what each defensive lineman's base move is. Every lineman has a base move. I'm gonna tell you, Ben Davis, our base move's the rip under. I'm a fan of the rip under. I like what it does. It keeps our shoulder pads down. It keeps our kids low. And so if you're scouting us, I'm telling you, that's our base move. We're going to rip under as much as possible. So you've got to know how to counter that when that comes at you. So lateral pressure is all about your feet. Feet and the hand with which he's moving laterally to. So if I'm in this kick slide here and I go this way and the defender starts to come this way, starts to cross my face, he's giving me lateral pressure. I'm going to post my, I'm going to take my post foot and I'm going to move it and I'm not going to lose my anchor, but at the same time, I'm going to take the hand he's moving laterally to, and I'm going to punch it. I'm going to move that lateral hand and punch it, all right? If he's coming this way on me, I'm going to punch that lateral hand, but I'm keeping my shoulders square. So if I get lateral movement side to side, it's imperative that you keep your foot in the right place, move it quickly with his lateral movement, and punch the arm with which he's moving to. Now, bull rush, and in a bull rush, they're going to try and snap you. Bull rush, probably the number one rush of most defensive linemen, especially D tackles. I'm in this position. I set, I set. He hits me, and he's trying to just knock me straight backwards. He's big. He's strong. He's tough. He thinks he can just take me out of my base. Once I feel the bull rush happen, 
I've got to sit down. This is why squatting is so important, all right? I've got to be able to sit down and press, all right? I've got to be able to sit down hard and press to stop his rush. It's like stopping a moving vehicle. You can't do it by standing up and doing this. You're going to get run over. But by sitting and anchoring my feet, anchoring my feet, really getting my quads, glutes, and everything into it, and pressing, putting my head back, I can stop his forward charge. If he feels, if the defender feels like he's going to get the rush on us, all right? He's got us on our heels. He's got us raised up. He's got the bull rush going. His next move off that is to snap us, meaning he's going to take us and snap us down and finish running by us. He's going to snap us. Anytime you feel, anytime you feel yourself being raised up and knocked over, you've got you've to sit really hard. All right, and you got to fight those shoulders back. All right, if you fight your shoulders and really force them back and just lock up as tight as you can, as he goes to snap you, snap you down, he just he literally stops because he can't pull you forward. If you walk your hips up underneath you when he tries to snap you, you get this base, you get this power. If you raise up when he tries to snap you, you're going to go down. He's going to snap you down and go. All right, so. The, la the, the next two are the swim and the rip. Swim is the one I like people to use. I'm just telling you, my personal preference as an O-line guy is I like it. So if, if I'm here and I've kicked slide and, and you come at me and you attack this shoulder, when you go to pull that arm up to swim across my shoulder pads and you're taught to take that arm and do this, all right, you're exposing that rib cage. And in order to swim, you have to raise your body up. You have to get above my pad level. So if my offensive tackle is 6'5", and he's playing at this position, so he's not actually, you've still got to raise your body up to get that arm to go across my shoulder, whichever way you're going. You've got to raise that arm up. When you do that, I'm going to take the hand opposite. So if I'm here on this kick slide, and you raise that arm up, which would be his right, to go over my shoulder, I'm going to take my backside hand, and I'm going to jam it right up into your armpit. I'm going to then turn my hips slightly and I'm going to run you because the minute you raise up to swim, the defender no longer has power. He, there's no way he has any power angles. He's, he's released all his pressure in order to try to swim and run by you. So the ability of an offensive lineman to react quickly and turn and run by putting that arm right up underneath that armpit, all right? Now, I'm not saying punch him, I'm just saying stick it up in there, make a V with your thumb and your index finger and stick it up in there because as long as that arm's in the air, he can't use it, all right? So we're going to take advantage of him not having the ability to create pressure for him not to have the ability to have any power left in him. All right, next move is a rip move. He makes that rip move, all right? So now he's coming under, the one I like the most because it keeps the thing down. But again, in order to rip, in order to clear the offensive blocker, the defender must release pressure. So he's working, he's working, and he goes to rip. I'm going to go the other way here. He's working like this, and he goes to rip. He's getting ready to do this. He's going to turn his hips sideways. He's going to try and post your arm, and he's going to try and rip underneath you. We understand that. When he does that, he exposes, um, he exposes himself. So if I'm this offensive lineman, he's trying to rip this side. He's trying to rip through. The minute he tries to rip, I'm going to... Lock the arm out in the direction he's moving. So he's moving this way. I'm going to lock that arm out. I'm going to take this backside hand, and I'm going to slam it on his hip. 
All right, so I've got this action right here with this arm, this hand on his hip, and I'm going to accelerate my feet while he no longer has a base position. He no longer has power. All right, drills we like to do with the O-lineman. And a lot of our past pro drills are done. It's pretty unique. When we go to special teams, our offensive linemen usually go to pass pro technique. Whatever our special teams periods are, we have multiples within a, in a practice session. That's their time to work pass pro. Uh, in individual time, they work run blocking. In our special teams period, they work pass blocking. So we do a thing called shuffle air, shuffle, shuffle air, shuffle O, shuffle D. So what we do is we put an offensive lineman and say we're going this way and uh, working down the field. And they'll put, the yard, they'll put their foot on the goal line. So their post foot's on the goal line, their anchor foot's back, and we're working shuffle O. So what they're going to do is they're going to work three steps, pop. Three steps, pop. And this is a cross-field 50. This is not easy. It's very, it, it, it's very um, uh, tiring to the quads, the hams, the glutes, all that. But it gets your kids the, the power they need in order to pass pro for those seconds I was talking about. So we're down here like this, and we go one, two, three. And when they do that, they put their shoulders, pop the head back. They're going to do that as they go down the field. And you're going to be behind them making sure that this foot stays on the goal line. This foot, the anchor foot, this is the post foot. The anchor foot stays behind at that angle, and it's one, two, three. All right, and then they keep going down that line. Shuffle O. All right, there's no defense. We're just working the technique of the feet, working the base of the feet. And then we come back. So you go down and back, down and back. All right, that way you're working right foot, left foot. All right, now you're going to work shuffle, um, shuffle O. We've done shuffle air. Now we're going to do shuffle O. Now we're going to put a... Uh, a defender on the other side of me. So I'm on the same goal line, same foot up, same foot back, anchor foot, except I got a defensive lineman. Every third step, that defensive lineman is going to attack me. So now I'm in this position. One, two, three. He hits me. I got to hit him at that time. All right, we release. We go back. All right, we're still working down that line. One, two, three. And I throw that shoulder back, pop that head up and I'm working that line, right down that line. And so about, in a, in a span of about a 50-yard period, I'm getting all kinds of pops. So that's shuffle O, because I'm dictating the tempo. The third one on this is shuffle D, all right? This one's really pretty good in shuffle D, because now the defender dictates to me when he's going to attack me. As an offensive person, I don't know when he's coming. He's going to dictate it to me. So I'm in this position here, and I'm going... One, boom, he hits, all right? Then he releases, all right? Now I might go two, three, four, boom, he comes at me again, all right? So shuffle D is the defense dictating the flow of the drill to you. Very similar to a game, because you don't know when he's going to come at you in a game or if they twist, loop, who's actually the guy you're going to get. The thing I really like off this, off the shuffle D, is we add shuffle D spin. Because what happens in a game is I lock that guy up, and he gets frustrated and he spins. All right, how are you going to counteract the guy who's spinning out of the pass pro? So if I'm working uh, a five technique here and I've got him locked up and he goes to spin to a gap, all right, we tell our kids to machine gun him, machine gun him, machine gun with your hands. Do not change your feet. Do not all of a sudden say, oh, he's spinning this way. I've got to do this. Don't change your feet. My feet stay here, but now he, he spins. I machine gun my hands. All right, I'm going to do that again. I get here, I've locked him up, 
he starts to spin, I'm going to machine gun my hands. And that by doing that, I turn him. I turn that defensive guy because the minute he tries to spin, he has no power producing angles. He has no leverage on me. And so by doing that, I force him out of the way. All right? So shuffle air, shuffle O, shuffle D, shuffle D spin. The next thing we do is bull pull. Toughest one we got, bull pull. Offensive lineman's going to get anchored down like this, and the defensive lineman's going to get his hands up on his shoulders. I'm going to get my hands in this fit position, and he's going to pull me side to side, forward, back. If he gets me going forward, he's going to snap me down and run me. If he gets me going back, I'm going to sit down, pop those shoulders. He's trying to bull rush me. He's working the side. He's working the side. He's working up. He's trying to snap me. He's trying to bull rush me. He's trying to take me to the side, the side, snap, bull, all right? And you just keep doing that. My, my goal is to go 15 seconds. It's very exhausting, all right? That's a drill, honestly, we do at the very end of practice, right before we go to PAT field goal. That's the last drill they'll do. They'll have already been through team, inside drill, one-on-ones, all those things we do in a normal practice. That's the last thing they do. They're going to feel it. They're going to feel it in their quads, glutes, and hams. Very exhausting, but at the same time, covers lateral movement, snaps, bull rushes, and all those things on a pass pro. Next thing, I'm going to switch gears here briefly. I'm going to talk about the center, all right? Uh, I've been to a lot of clinics in my 34, 35 years. The one thing I've not seen a lot of is people just sit and talk about center play. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to talk about a center quarterback exchange briefly. Then I'm going to talk about centers and the gun snap. Then I'm going to talk about long snapping for a punt, PAT type thing. So first thing, center under uh, center snap with a quarterback under center. I know a lot of us don't do that. Some do. Um, uh, so that's what we're going to start with here. So the first thing we're going to talk about is hand placement. All right. The way I've taught it, and, and I played center in high school and college, the, the way I teach it is take the thumb of the hand you snap with and place it over the last lace of the football like this. So I'm going to place it over that last lace. I'm going to spread my other fingers evenly on the other side of the ball, very similar, all right, very similar to what a quarterback could do, except he holds the laces. So I'm going to spread them evenly. I tell my centers not to palm the ball. I should be able to take a finger and put it in there. You don't want to, if you palm the ball, you'll lose grip, especially if it's wet. So we're keeping the grip on our fingertips, all right? When you put the ball on the ground, the center's going to put the ball. I am not a big guy. I'm not a, a big believer in wide stances. Again, I think the wider the offensive stance, the more he's got to bring his feet back in to move. A good center should be able to keep his feet just a little bit more in shoulder width apart. All right. He comes up and he addresses the ball. I was always a guy that put the hand down next to it. Here's my reasoning. If I keep it back at my leg, it's not in a striking position. And because I'm snapping with my right hand, my left hand is the strike hand. All right, it's going to strike before my right hand's going to strike. Okay, because I got to snap the ball first. So by keeping that hand back, it's not in a position to kind of defend myself um, because it's a little bit more of a unique block because I'm, I'm not using the one hand. When we snap the ball now, we're going to take that hand and we're going to turn it by gripping the ball this way. When the center, when the quarterback's under center, the laces should, when you turn, end up in a quarterback's hands. If the quarterback's taking a ball correctly, which he's got his top hand spread like this, he puts that bottom hand, he fits those thumbs in there like that, 
almost like God made those thumbs to fit just like this, all right, that lace should hit that top hand of that quarterback. So as he's taking his step away from center, he doesn't have to spin it and find the laces like you do in the gun. The laces have already hit that top hand, which is what he's after. So we're going to rotate. I'm going to turn this way. We're going to rotate that ball up this way so it hits with that lace at the top of our butt. All right. I know there's an argument about whose job is to get the ball. It's the center's job to get the ball to the quarterback, period. It's non-negotiable with me. I don't want to have a discussion that the quarterback did this, the quarterback did that. Get the ball to the quarterback. That's your job as a center, and that's what you should be taking care of. Once you've taken it, you're going to take a normal step just like anybody else, depending on the block, whether it be a drive block, down block. Um, it's hard. We, we start off our centers early in preseason, in, in, in late July, August, depending on when we start practice, of automatically snapping and stepping to a shield. We have a block defender, either head up, side, side, because the worst thing to do is just assume the guy can snap the ball and, and be able to adjust to what he's trying to do. That, that's, a, that's a poor assumption on, on a coach's part because it is difficult to snap and step and, and not blow the snap, not lose the block, get the hand up, and the one that's the toughest is the guy who's shading the hand I'm snapping with because he knows that hand's going to be a step behind. So we're going to work constantly on taking four to six inch steps. We're going to work on getting our shoulders in a, in a good position for a normal drive block, things of that nature. Our initial movement is always forward, not up. Um, we fought that last couple years with a young man we had that's really a pretty good center, is he always wanted to do this, all right? We want to be forward, not up, all right? Forward, not up. So work your center from a position of forward, all right? So he's always taking that forward step as he snaps and not an upward movement as he snaps. When he goes up, that causes his butt to raise up, which is usually why you have snap quarterback center snap exchange issues. All right. Now, the next thing we'll talk about is the gun snap. And, and the, the gun snap we use at Ben Davis um, is, is, is the way most people have done it. I know the, the newest one's the dead snap where they're covering the cone of the ball. We have not gotten to that yet. We're still doing the hand. But now the hand is different. So now we're going to hold the ball similar to a quarterback. I tell them to take their pinky and ring finger and cover the laces. So pinky and ring finger cover the laces. Your uh, middle finger, your index finger are spread evenly. Your thumb's on the opposite side. So we're holding the ball similar to a quarterback. All right. Most gun snaps become a problem because of two things. One, the center's butt is too high in the air. And two, the center doesn't keep his wrist locked. All right. And what I mean by that is they go to snap it and they roll that wrist. We want our center to snap it and that wrist stays locked. So as I'm snapping it, the wrist stays locked. In a gun snap, your center's butt has to be down. All right, here's why. If my butt is up, as I extend through, it's natural to raise my hand, which causes the ball to lift. And that's what goes over. If my butt is down, my hand can't lift because my thighs and everything get in the way and my hand can't lift. Now, this is where it becomes really tough on your center. If my butt is down, my natural movement to block is to raise up because my butt is low, so my first inclination is to stand up. So you've got to rep real hard that you're already down. You just got to stay down. You've you got to rep it, all right? So number one is keep that the snapping wrist locked. Number two is keep your butt very low in your stance. Do not let the butt raise up. 
And if you watch a game long enough, watch the center at the beginning of the game and watch your center at the end of the game and see if, how much difference the level of his butt is because he starts to get tired. He starts to get tired and he starts getting this. And as the game wears on, he starts here and he gets here and he gets here and he gets here. Next thing you know, you're launching a snap over a center's head or a quarterback's head and you're in trouble because the game may change on that very one snap. So we're going to keep it. Now, the other thing you can do is remind your centers to never let their hand raise up. So if I'm down here in this good position like this and I'm snapping the gun snap, all right, and I never let your hand raise up. Keep everything on the ground. By just doing this, that's all I do. Everything's on the ground. And if I keep my stance right, as I bring my right hand through, the minute my elbow hits my thigh, that ball's released. When that ball is released at that point, it will float nice and easy, waist high, right to your quarterback. Maybe a little lower, but you're not going to get it up here. Low snaps, we have a chance. High snaps, we usually don't. All right, next thing I'm going to talk about is long snapping. Long snapping. Huge. All right, uh, most people don't think a whole lot about it. They find some kid who could throw the ball between his legs, does it halfway, and then all of a sudden they get a pump blocked, or they have a bad snap, or the weather's bad, or whatever, and they wish they'd taken a little bit more time on this. I also long snapped, PAT snapped everything. To me, long snapping has as much to do with hand placement as it does with almost anything else in this position. First thing we're going to do is we're going to talk about the hands and the feet. Your feet, I was not one for a wide base on this. I've seen snappers that are really good to get really wide. My argument with everybody is do, do what's comfortable. With the person who's doing the snapping, whatever's comfortable with them with their feet, let them do that, all right? If they have trouble snapping, then you start tweaking it. But in the meantime, you just worry about what's comfortable for them. So I was not a real wide guy. I've had guys get real wide. I've had guys get tight. Depends on what works for the person. The next thing is the grip. Take your right hand, very similar to a gun snap, and place it just like that, except now, instead of keeping that wrist locked at this, I'm going to roll that wrist ever so slightly. I want the opposite lace, the opposite seam of the laces, to kind of roll to me. So in a gun snap, I'm like this. In a punt snap, I'm going to roll that wrist ever so slightly because I want this lace to come to me, all right? This is my snapping hand. This is what I call the speed hand. My left hand, because I'm right-handed, is my guide hand. I'm going to take my middle finger, and I'm going to place it right down the, the seam opposite the laces. I want that one on that seam opposite the laces, and I'm going to spread my other fingers evenly. This is my guide. This is what keeps that ball from going high or low, all right? People think it oh, has to do just with this hand. It's this hand that guides the ball and where you want it to go. The higher up the ball I move, the guide hand, the more likelihood the ball is going to rise up, all right, because my guide's going to force it this way. The lower I put my guide hand, all right, the more likely the ball is going to stay down as I push that ball through and roll, all right? So that's, that's so my guide hand. So my recommendation whenever starting off with a new center is we start the hand in the middle, all right? We put the hand right in the middle, and we see what kind of speed we got, what kind of snapper we have. So we're going to start with that hand right here in the middle, and that's our guide hand. So I've got my speed hand, which is my throwing hand, and I've got my guide hand, which controls whether the ball goes up, down, or in the middle. And obviously, we want them in the middle. <clears throat> 
Try to get your snappers to extend that ball as far out in front as humanly possible. I never work my long snappers without helmet and shoulder pads on. It, it doesn't make sense. Shoulder pads will encumber, uh, slow down, affect the speed of the ball. So does the helmet because you're trying to get that, that pad out of your way so you can get that arm extension. So the idea that you can snap a ball without, and I've got guys that can do it really well with no pads, and the minute you put the pads on, they begin to lose all of it. Our weight is not going to be on the ball. Our weight is going to be on our legs, our legs, butt, hips. I don't want any weight on the ball because I want to be able to snap that ball through. As I snap the ball through, all right, my hands are going to extend out the back side of my legs. So as I snap that ball through, my hands are going to extend. And I always tell them, if I'm videoing you, my hands will end up where my elbows hit the inside of my thighs and both wrists flip outside. And you'll notice that I end up in this position. If I follow my speed hand and my guide hand through, they should come out at the same time. I have never been a fan of one-handed snappers. I know it works. I've seen people do it where they've got one hand on it and they just snap it and it's been, I'm not a fan. I like the two-hand control better than I do of the other one. So I'm gonna follow it through with both hands as quickly as possible. So if I take that ball and I hold it here, I'm gonna follow that through and both hands are gonna come out the other side. So I'm in this position and it comes and I release, all right? I always tell my centers, sight the target and don't take your eyes off the target. In the rules today, they can't hit the center anyway, so you've got no pressure. Uh, when I played, they would put the biggest, baddest dude on top of the center and kill you, all right? They don't do that anymore, so the only thing you have to worry about is snapping the ball, and in our scheme, we protect B, the opposite, our uh, left-hand A-gap. I'm sorry, not B, A-gap. We protect the A-gap to our left. So work on getting your head up after you snap it, but the most important thing is the snap. Nothing else. You know, if, if we have to do change our protection scheme to protect the center, we'll do it. But we're going to take care of the snap first. Common mistakes. Too much weight on the ball. They're sitting with their body too much on the ball. Don't do that. Lifting the ball causes the ground. So the center comes up. He's got the ball like this. Right before he snaps, he lifts it and then goes. All right? Um, when you do that, it causes you to be inconsistent. Ball has a tendency to lift. Snapping your head up too quickly. You're down in your stance like this, you got the ball like this, and you go to snap and you've already pulled your head up. What happens when you pull your head up is you pull your legs up and your butt up. When you do that, the ball has a tendency to rise. Straightening legs too quickly will cause the ball to go high. Uh, poor hand placement. Um, and I know there's more than one way to skin a cat, and I've seen kids not put that middle finger on the lace, but for me, the most consistent snappers I've had kind of follow that rule. All right, and the last thing I put up here on my PowerPoint was don't let them get into a rhythm. Most teams block punts because the offense, the punting team, has let them get into a rhythm. You know, the, the personal protectors may say, giant set, giant set, and the kid snaps it. All of a sudden, after a couple punts in the game, that kid coming off the edge knows the minute he says giant set a second time, the snapper's going to snap it. That rhythm happens. The minute that rhythm happens, boom, he goes and takes a chance that five yards isn't going to kill him takes a chance and he's, he's out the gate so fast we can't protect the punter. Now, long snapping drills, real quick. And again, always do your drills with pads on. Don't ever drill them without the pads. First one is just have two long snappers about 10 yards apart, have them stand with their feet apart. Do not have them stand like a quarterback, have them stand with their feet apart and they're just gonna work on releasing that ball. 
releasing that ball. And just like a quarterback, we're just going to throw it. We're going to take the proper grip. We're not going to palm the ball. We're going to throw it, and we're going to snap it. So we're going to get, you know, 10, 15 catches in real quick, but our feet are going to stay on that line. So if we're 10 yards apart, we're going to stand on that line, and I'm going to throw that ball, and we're going to snap it and flip it, snap it and flip it. All right? Then we're going to do a two-hand pass drill. Now, put the feet on the same line. We're 10 yards apart. Now we're going to work on our, our, on our grip. All right? So we're now going to work on this grip. We're going to take the ball, and we're going to do a two-hand pass. So I'm right out in front, right out in front. Then we're going to do two hands overhead. I take that ball, I bring it over my head, and I do this. Two hands out front, and I'm snapping the ball like this. And I'm working this rotation with my partner, all right? Just giving you a series of drills. Then we're going to do what we call a one-hand softball drill. Again, we're about 10 yards apart, feet are on the line. I'm going to take that ball, and I'm going to do a one-hand like this. I'm just working this drill. Again, I'm taking that hand, and I'm flipping it. I'm flipping it. I'm flipping it. I'm getting that ball to roll off those fingers. So I'm working that action with my wrist as I snap through and I'm flipping it. And I'm flipping it. It's an underhand softball drill. And the next thing we're going to do is a standing follow through. Have two long snappers. Now you're going to extend to about 12, 15. Snapper addresses the ball with poor hand, or proper hand position out in front of chest um, and out away from his body. So he's going to be like this. So I'm going to turn around. He's going to hold the ball like this out in front of his body. He's going to stand with his heads apart. He's going to hold it just like this. And he's going to take that ball and he's going to go from a standing position. He's going to turn and snap it through. So from a standing position, we're going to turn and snap. Standing position, turn and snap to our partner who's 12 to 15 yards away. We're not bending until we get to that point, but we're going to work on our hands spread like this. We're going to take that ball overhead and we're going to go through our legs like this, all right, from a standing position. And the last drill we're going to do, and this one's really tough, and I'm going to set this ball down and do it. So the ball's there on, on, on say, the 10-yard line, and my partner's on the goal line. I'm going to address the ball, and my feet are going to be even with the ball. And I'm going to hold the ball like this in my proper snapping position. So now I'm going to get half the distance that I normally would get, but I've got to get that ball to go 10 yards. The purpose of this drill is to get them to understand how fast they have to throw their hands through and to follow through. So I'm addressing the ball, but I'm getting my feet up on the ball. And I'm gonna, it's a quick snap, but I really got to address it and snap it with velocity because I don't have the near position I have when the ball's way out in front of me like this. I'm now putting the ball up here like this. And if you get your kid to snap at 10 yards with a short distance with which to snap it, he's going to be pretty good. You're going to have a pretty good long snapper. Thank you.